what is depression? What are symptoms we should watch for? How is it diagnosed and treated? Join us today as we discuss dealing with depression. My guest is Dr. Richard Winter, Professor Emeritus of Applied Theology and Counseling at Covenant Seminary. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Thanks, Dr. Winter, for being our guest today on Family Shield. It's a pleasure. It's good to be with you. So why should we talk about depression? Why? Well, it's very common. And um, many marriages are destroyed with depression. Many lost work hours um, because of depression. So it's a common problem that we have. And uh, and we need to be able to... There's obviously a, a spectrum from just the normal day-to-day blues that we all feel. Uh, and feeling down, feeling disappointed, feeling upset, feeling sad about some loss... And then that one moves from that into deeper depression and a place in what we call clinical or major depression where um, people are, are really struggling. Um, and we can talk about that, the signs of that, if you would like to. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Before we do that, though, just share a little bit about the statistics related to how many people deal with depression. Um, gosh, I, you know, I don't have the, the statistics neatly at my fingertips here, but when I know that it's a, it's a lot um, so that many, many people will struggle at some point in their lives. So I think it's about one in five people will struggle with depression at some point, a, a serious bout of depression mm-hmm. at some point in their lives. And some people obviously have recurrent depression um, coming and going through their whole life. Oh, okay. So there are a lot today of young people that deal with depression as well. Maybe more to, more young people than was the norm in the past? I think there's a general increase in depression, partly because of family breakdown over the last 50 years, um, partly um, because of the sort of the move from the rural community into the cities and the sort of loneliness of city life, many poor people living alone. Uh, and there are a lot of young people, teenagers. There's a, there's a real spike in teenage depression and suicide. And even quite a lot of children, too, are being diagnosed with depression. Now, that may be just partly because we're recognizing it more mm-hmm. and partly, too, because the pharmaceutical industry funds all the research on depression and so they, that may affect the numbers because they want people to be diagnosed with it. Mm. Um, so there's, there's a mixture of reasons mm. why we're seeing more. Well, I think a lot of times people don't really understand that they're depressed or that their loved one is depressed. So let's talk a little bit about the symptoms mm-hmm. and then what kind of treatment can right. help. So now we're talking about the more serious type of depression, which obviously not everyone suffers from. But usually we, we look for um, signs such as people are not sleeping well. So young people will tend to sleep on through the day. Older people will tend to wake early, preoccupied with negative thoughts. Um, they may not be eating well, so they may lose their appetite. Or some people sometimes are eating for comfort because Anxiety often goes along with the experience of depression. 
they may be very restless, pacing up and down, or they might just sit in a chair in front of the TV for hours on end, feeling fatigue, feeling weariness, feeling sad. Um, some people will will be very overtly sad, so crying a lot. Men tend to stuff it inside, so mm-hmm. there's a diff- it tends to show differently with men and women. Women tend to talk about it more with their friends and seek help that way. Men tend to drown their sorrows with alcohol or with sex, seal addiction, or maybe in work. Um, so those are some of the more serious signs to look for. And uh, I think loss of interest, fatigue, and, um, and and there may be, you know, in a relationship, there may be a, a diminished interest in sex, mm. for example, in a marriage. Uh, that may be another, another sign. Mm-hmm. I recently visited with a woman that's, 21-year-old son committed suicide. Mm. He was depressed. They knew that. But they Mm -hmm. had no indication of how serious his depression was. So that's one reason why we need to be educated about depression. It doesn't always go to that extreme. But in their case, they totally had no idea Mm -hmm. that it was that serious. Yeah, I mean, some people mask it. You know, they, they keep up a good front, sure. but inside they're really hurting. So it's it's important that we, we're not afraid to ask questions. Um, and other people will just withdraw. And, and so you don't, they're not telling anyone. Um, and the, But they just may go very quiet and retreat from other people. And unless people are really pursue them, they're not going right. to tell them. Right. So if someone, do, do people figure it out by themselves or do they often have a loved one tell them, I think you're depressed? Mm. I mean, what's the typical way that a person gets help? Yeah. It's often other people noticing there's something wrong and getting alarmed and uh, asking them to go and get help. Um, Sometimes the person does themselves Mm. um, and and when you feel that sort of darkness coming over your life and the sadness and the uh, the depression and um, and if you can if you know a little bit about it, then you may seek for help yourself. So I think it it works both works ways. Both ways, but a lot mm. of times people don't know what's wrong. Right, it's sort of a bit like the old frog in the kettle. Mm-hmm. You're getting worse and worse, and you don't realize how bad it's getting. Yeah. Until something dramatic happens, there might be a suicide attempt, or there might be. Um, you know, a marriage breakdown, mm-hmm. something like that. So if someone uh, does understand or think at least that they're depressed, um, what should they do? Well, they have some it, of these symptoms. What right, should they do? Right. Um, I think to be able to, first of all, to talk, I mean, you know, we, we see David in the Psalms. You know, mm-hmm, he's, mm-hmm. he's depressed yes. quite often. He's sad and he talks to himself. You know, and he asks the question, why are you cast down on my soul? So mm-hmm. learning to talk to yourself, is, is it's not a sign of madness. It's, you know, it's a good thing. And then talking to a friend, um, talking to a spouse, talking to a pastor, um, and if necessary, a counselor or a do- and a doctor um, to get help with all of this. So it, it's necessary to reach out. 
And then there are other, you know, self-help things that one can do. I mean, I find exercise is mm-hmm. the number one, and many people say this, is the number one self-help, you know, to get regular, good, hard exercise, to eat, not drink too much alcohol or caffeine, to eat well. Mm-hmm. In other words, to look after yourself, to take breaks, to not become a, a workaholic, to work on marriage difficulties. All of these things are... And then if if you're still, you know, when you're feeling depressed, there is a time and a place for using medication, antidepressant mm-hmm. medication. Um, if the talking treatments, the friendships, the, uh, the exercise and so on are not making any impact on the depression. Okay. So um, the you're, you're talking about, talking to yourself, which I, I really think that's good. And, and I wanted to bring up some of the uh, stories from the Bible about people that were mm. depressed. And you talked about David exactly. and there are others because it isn't a new uh, illness. It's been around since the beginning right. of time, maybe right. a little more prevalent today, mm-hmm. maybe because of the pressures of the types of work weeks that we have and those types mm. of things. Mm. But at some point, if it do, if the talking and talking does help, not only to yourself but to others. Um, but if that doesn't help, when would someone go to a counselor, and when would they go to a doctor to get some mm-hmm. type of medicine? What what would the two yeah. two different uh, yeah. ways of well, this is this is where we get into the whole sort of spectrum of uh-huh. depression because it's it only really becomes an illness. You used the word a minute ago. I think something when it begins to affect your biology and you're the neurotransmitters in your brain and you begin to slip into a place where you can't it's harder to get out on your own with just talking uh-huh. with just this more simple things and it's then i think that someone needs to when, so when you have difficulty sleeping and poor appetite and preoccupation with sad and and hard things and maybe even suicidal thoughts then I think it's good to have a medical consultation just to make sure there's nothing physical causing that because thyroid troubles can Uh cause depression. Uh Sometimes medications that people are on for other things can cause depression. So it's good to have a medical checkup and then to to have also an examination to see if it's appropriate to use antidepressants. But in the milder forms of depression, we usually would encourage someone to go to a counselor if the pastor or friends feel they're out of their depth. Uh-huh. Um, and then that's predominantly the talking treatments, okay. not the medication. But the counselor might find that they're not getting anywhere and suggest medication as well. Uh-huh. But you, you give the exa- you mentioned biblical characters, you know, who got to a point like Jonah and Elijah uh-huh. and Moses, where they all got to a point where they said, I've had enough, Lord, I want to die. I think that was for a brief period. And this is one of the other distinctions. It is when someone, we talk about clinical depression, when someone has been depressed every day, almost all day, for at least two weeks. So if you just have it for a week and then you come out of it, or a few days, or if it's a crisis like Elijah Uh and the you know, after the victory on the prophets of Baal, Moses with his difficult times with the, his huge congregation in the desert, um, 
they got to moments of despair, but I don't think it lasted too long. Okay, good. So as we talk about dealing with depression, you've already indicated there are numerous types of depression. And um, uh, I guess at this time of year, we're going into the holiday season. Mm. This is a time of year where where many people, maybe you would call it seasonal depression, I don't know, Mm. but uh, their loved ones have died. Maybe it's their mom or dad. Maybe it's their spouse. Maybe it's a child. And it's a harder time of year. Is that normal, but will that be over after the holidays? How do we deal with the seasonal kind of depression? Yes. uh, The the seasonal depressions, I think, are are related to a lot of things. I mean, there are the memories at holiday times and family get-togethers of people that we've lost. And so often grief comes back more strongly. Mm -hmm. And grief is different from depression, although there's a lot of overlap. Okay. And so, so we need to make it. Maybe we can come back to that in a moment. But and in seasonal, at at, at holiday times, there's a lot of stress. There's a lot mm. of stress, That's you know, true. of getting together in the family, and it may blow up difficult relationships in the family. Um, so there are a lot of sort of external things that, which interact with the old baggage we carry from the past psychologically. That that maybe come out at those in those seasonal depressions. Okay. I'm going to make some announcements. We'll come back and continue talking about how we deal with depression. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Dealing with Depression. To receive the complimentary booklet, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email witness2family at gmail.com. Thankfully, the gospel is free, but our radio airtime on 54 radio stations is not. Your support makes our radio outreach beyond the walls of the church possible. Currently, we're behind financially on expenses directly related to the radio outreach and need to catch up before the end of the year. Your prayers and support are needed. Please pray for us and consider a gift. You can charge a gift at www.familyshieldministries.com or send a gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. We also encourage you to sign up to receive our email newsletter on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com or send us your email and we'll do it for you. Again, you can contact us at witness2family at gmail.com. Now I want to go back to our program with Dr. Richard Winter of Concordia Seminary. We're discussing dealing with depression. It's a big topic. And uh, let me just ask you what else we need to discuss for our listeners. Mm. They may be depressed themselves, but more than likely, a lot of them just know someone they're concerned about. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about what we can do. How can well, we help? Well, can I go back just to the types of depression sure. for a moment? When we talk about seasonal depression, we talk about it in relation to seasonal events or Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever. But there's also a, um, a seasonal depression in terms of light. So we know now that people, some people are more sensitive to the dark oh, days of winter. Yeah. And, and they may get depressed more easily. 
And we know that there's a certain type of, you know, light that one can use for treatment to help these people. So if they expose themselves for sort of 20 minutes a day to this particular type of lamp, it can lift, help to lift them out. Hmm. And then there are, there are, there's the postpartum depression after childbirth, um, which can be very mild. It can be severe and it can be really severe mm-hmm. with people having delusions and hallucinations. And that needs very rapid treatment because people sometimes become out of touch with reality. Mm-hmm. And then, there, of course, there's bipolar depression with people who may have manic swings where mm-hmm. they're very talkative and energetic and their ideas are coming very, very fast. And then they may swing into a depressive phase where they're slowed up and sometimes suicidal. And that need, that form of depression where there are swings both ways certainly needs medication as often does the more serious form of postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, as you talked about bipolar depression, uh, more and more people are being di- diagnosed with mm-hmm. bipolar depression. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a reason for that? I mean, obviously years ago it didn't even have that name. I, I'm sure it's been around mm-hmm. for a long time. I think but. it's partly because we're recognizing it more and some of the diagnostic um, conditions for diagnosing it have been changed so that that's part another reason why it's diagnosed more. Um, and uh, sometimes I think it is diagnosed unnecessarily. Uh, for a while, it was diagnosed a lot in children mm. and that people are recognizing, I think, now that they were diagnosing it too much because children were being put on powerful medications which sometimes they need, mm-hmm. but um, but I think it was being done too much then. But it is a, it's a really important thing to recognize because if it's a real diagnosis, then it's very important that you get the right medication because yes. sometimes antidepressants are not the right medication for the depression that's part of bipolar. So talk about the types of doctors that someone maybe with bipolar would go to. The counselor mm-hmm. would not be the psychiatrist, right. but to give the medicine, it does have to be a psychiatrist, does but it it's not? It's best to have a psychiatrist, someone who's used to prescribing um, medications for the mind and for, for depression and anxiety and schizophrenia and things like that. Um, but many family doctors, too, will prescribe antidepressants for mm. depression or even oh, some sure. OBGYNs sure. will do it for mothers who are struggling with depression. So different doctors can do it, uh-huh. but where it's a more serious thing, it's best to get someone who's experienced in doing uh-huh. that. I can think of several people that have told me that they dealt with depression for years, never got any help, mm-hmm. finally went to a doctor and got just a mild mm-hmm. um, I don't know what kind of medicine it was, antidepressant, I guess, that helped them, mm-hmm. and the, it was so much better. And they said, I can't believe I, I dealt with this for so many years and never went to get the help that I needed. Right. There's a lot of people out there that are dealing with depression that are not getting any help. Right. Why is that? I mean, they say many people with mental illnesses are, that are depressed are not getting help. I think it's partly the stigma 
that mm-hmm. still exists about depression, about any sort of mental weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a that's and amongst Christians, maybe even more so because. Mm-hmm. Christians are supposed to have faith, and if they have problems, then it's a sign of lack of faith mm. or lack of trust in God. And um, so, it, it, I think it's it's particularly those those things that it's hard for it's hard for people to ask for help. Men are reluctant to admit weakness mm. and go for help. Women, perhaps, would, will do more. that more. Yeah. So, in, interestingly, the suic- the successful suicide rate in men is about four times. What it is in women, wow. really? Um, but because they're hiding what's going on. They're hiding it, and they're also using more serious means. So they'll use guns, or you know, other more violent means to right. to take their own lives. So this is why some of the things that you shared. This is why it's so important that we do talk about mm-hmm. how do we deal with depression. Right. It doesn't mean everything's going to go to that very serious clinical depression or uh, suicide. Right. But we we work to get uh, healthy. Exactly. Uh, at the earliest stages. So you mm. talked about exercise and eating mm. well. I mean, it's so easy in our world mm. today, mm-hmm. being busy, family mm. members working full time, uh, to just uh, pop food in our mouth and not think about Mm. What, we're what we're eating. Yeah, I always, I always put it in terms of us all being vulnerable to depression and how can we help ourselves to resist that vulnerability. And Some people are a lot more vulnerable than others, maybe because of difficult circumstances in their early childhoods where they've had difficult relationships and they've mm. been criticized a lot. and So they have pretty bad view of themselves. They're very self-critical anyway. There hasn't there hasn't been a lot of love, and that so so different people are vulnerable for different reasons, um, and uh, some people are just genetically more prone to mm. depression. So there is a there is a the, there are uh, families in which depression it's, runs it's in the family, like especially the you know the more serious types of depression oh, wow. like bipolar uh-huh. uh, depression, and. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're all vulnerable and, and it's important to look at our lives and see the, the places where we're vulnerable and where we can do something to push back against mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Um, and, and help, our, help ourselves. Now, you mentioned, or I wrote down, low self-esteem. I don't know that you actually mentioned it. Does that have a lot to do with people that are depressed? that they have a low self-esteem or don't feel good about themselves? Yeah, I think it works two ways. There's a sort of feedback, a vicious circle here, that if you already have low self-esteem and, and have a, you know, have maybe had people criticize you a lot in life and have felt you're a failure, you're more vulnerable to depression. But then depression itself brings in very self-critical thoughts. Hmm. Um so if you look at Elijah and what he's saying to himself when, when he's down, um, you know, he's pretty self-critical. Um, and, and so I think people become more self-critical when, when they are depressed. So oh. it's, a, it's a vicious circle. There. So that could be a sign, too, that we watch for, especially yeah. loved ones watch for. Definitely, yeah. yes. So are there, is there anything that churches can do or should be doing 
to to help their members that might yeah. be depressed? I think to create a community, a sort of alternative family where people experience grace is the most important thing. That, and by that I mean that they feel that they can, they are accepted whatever they're going through, whatever experience of brokenness and failure, maybe depression, anxiety, that, I mean, God loves us even in our brokenness, oh, and he works in it to bring us, to, to, to redeem us out of that. So we as a church need to be creating a place where people feel safe to talk about their struggles. I was in a fellowship group, a wonderful fellowship group, where uh, the leaders of the group were going through a lot of difficult times, and they shared a lot with the group and created an atmosphere where, where everyone felt comfortable sharing their struggles and praying for each That's other. Great. So I think the church can do a lot. The pastor can do a lot by you know, being honest, not, not necessarily telling everyone all the details, but being honest about his struggles mm-hmm. and times of anxiety, mm-hmm. times of darkness and yeah. depression. Um, to, to let people know that it's okay, you know. God deals with broken, messy, Yeah, he hurt does. People. That's why he came, isn't it? We have two yeah. minutes left till the end of the program. What else do you want our listeners to know as we kind of conclude mm-hmm. the program? Mm-hmm. Right. I think it is just what the thing we've been talking about uh, is, is just the grace and mercy of God in, mm-hmm. you know, All these aspects of brokenness, whether depression, anxiety, came into the world as a result of sin and the fall and Adam and Eve's sin and then our parents' sins compounded and then our own sins come in on that. And the Lord came into the world to to rescue us from sin, to Mm -hmm. redeem us, to heal heal the brokenness. To heal our fracturedness, exactly. And this is one area where... He is at work doing this, and we need to be helping one another to bring that healing. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. My guest has been Dr. Richard Winter. We've been talking about dealing with depression, and it is a big topic, and we barely touched on many of the things. But I want our listeners to know that if you think you're depressed, talk about it with someone. Talk to your pastor. set up a, an appointment with a counselor, uh, talk to your family members, and, um, and, and get the help that you need. There are many resources available, uh, and we would be happy to connect you to some Christian counselors. Um, if, uh, if you need help, give, a, give our response center a call, one 250 8416 Again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. To learn more about Family Shield, go to our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Our booklet this week is Dealing with Depression, and again, you can get that by calling our response center. Thanks so much for listening. God bless your day. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Family Shield.